Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode three of Memento, a podcast by Washington Avenue Christian Church, where we understand that um, sometimes we forget who we are, and sometimes we forget what we're supposed to do, and sometimes we even forget what we talked about on Sunday. So we want to remind you who you are and what you're supposed to do, and even, even what we talked about on Sunday, which is what we're trying to do in this podcast. And so we're glad that you joined us yet again this week. We're in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And um, if you've missed the past couple of weeks, you can go over to our YouTube channel or to the podcast um, site and and find those episodes and, and get caught up there. Um, and I, w- I will say this, that uh, on Sunday, Jim did not preach from Ephesians at all. He uh, spent his time on Sunday morning uh, giving a Labor Day um, message. And so if you're interested in that, you can go and uh, check that out on our YouTube or um, on our Facebook or uh, any of those places. But um, I wanted to continue into Ephesians because last week I didn't even touch the text that we were in uh, the previous week because I knew that this was coming. And so I wanted to have as much time to prepare for for this uh, podcast and the next one. And so um, I figured that staying um, in Ephesians would be better than jumping out of Ephesians. And so we kind of are operating counter to our little uh, mantra here where we're not going to be reminding you of what we talked about on Sunday, but I will remind you that if you want to know what we talked about on Sunday, you can go listen to it on our website. Um, I also want to remind you that Jim has challenged us over these past couple of weeks to be reading Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 3, rather, 1, 3 through 14 every day. So in an effort to stay consistent with that, let me do that before we dive in. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the glory of his praise." Hopefully you've been reading that over the past couple of weeks, um, every single day. I won't lie to you um, whenever I say that uh, I haven't (laughs) read it every single day, but I've read it most days, and it's been really encouraging and edifying to me to do that and to just dwell on these promises and to think really deeply about the things that are being said here. And and here's here's what I want to talk about today. First of all, um, I just want to acknowledge that in the format of this podcast, where we're trying to keep everything within about 15 minutes, there's absolutely no way that we're going to be able to touch or to dive into everything that's in these verses. We're, we're not going to be able to unpack them, and, and, and that's okay, because um, I truly believe that Paul doesn't really want us to do that anyway. That's not his point here. Um, most of the rest of the series, most of the rest of Ephesians is unpacking 
that which he has talked about in these first few verses. And so don't feel like you have to know and understand everything to be able to know and understand all of Ephesians. The rest of Ephesians is unpacking that which we have just read. Um, what Paul is really wanting to say right here and right now in these verses is this. Being saved is awesome, and, and God is awesome for saving us, and so we should praise him. It, it's crazy when you look at this, and this is for my Greek nerds out there like me, even though I'm not really a Greek nerd, I just like what the Greek gives us. Um, I don't know a lot of Greek. Um, I just know the resources to look up the things about the Greek. Anyway, that's beside the point. In the original Greek, guys, this sentence is, this is one sentence, verses three through 14, one sentence, 202 words long that most translations split into either six or eight sentences. I uh, heard a story once uh, about a preacher who challenged um, his congregation and an English major specifically in his congregation to diagram the original sentence, thinking that it would be impossible. And she spent a couple weeks doing it and she came back um, with him with a three foot wide by 12 foot long scroll of this sentence diagram. That's how crazy and complex this sentence is. And so again, let me just say that we're not going to grasp everything here. We're not going to be able to, to touch everything that there is here to touch, but that's okay because that's what the entire book of Ephesians is about. So it's not just its length, but also its depth that, that can be overwhelming. I mean, just, just look at some of the words that are being used here. Words like chosen, predestined, grace, redemption, and we're going to dive into what these words mean a little bit today, more so next week. But, but, um, but what I want us to know and understand is that, that these words are certainly trying to tell us something. They're certainly trying to communicate something to us, but we don't have to comprehend it all right now. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Paul was, um, was getting ready to build a house, right? And, and as he's getting ready to build his house, he gathers all of his materials. But instead of like trying to make multiple trips, he just loads it all in the back of my Ram 1500 outside. So he's got all of the lumber and all of the sheetrock and all of the bricks just kind of crammed into this, this not, not small, but not overly large vehicle here where he's just like cramming all of the things. This is, this is what it makes me feel like whenever I'm reading these verses. There's just so much here. And we're going to unpack a lot over the next couple of weeks. But before we do that, I just want to kind of brush broadly. I want to paint with some really broad brushstrokes first. And the first thing that I want us to understand about these verses is it's talking about all of God. What do I mean when I say all of God? When I, what I mean when I say all of God is the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is mentioned explicitly in verses 3, 16, 12, and 14. The Son, Jesus, is mentioned in 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, 12, and 13. And, and the Holy Spirit is mentioned specifically in verse 3 and also in verses 13 and 14. All of God is present and working here. He's been present and working for all of time. These words chosen and, and predestined, they imply a time before history, right? These are, these are not things that happened on the spur of the moment. It wasn't just like, oh, this is what's going to happen now. Like, this has been the plan all along. And what that means for us, guys, is that, that um, our past, it's forgiven. That our present 
is being transformed and, and, and that our future is guaranteed. That's what we can look at and see in these verses, a past that's forgiven, a present that's being transformed, and a future that is guaranteed. God saves us from a stained past, a meaningless present, and a threatened future. All of God has been, has been working in all of time for all of us. There's, uh, there's some words here that are really important, and, and people, people want to focus on words like chosen and predestined, elect, and things like that. Um, as the important words in these verses, and they certainly are important words, but there's some really basic and really simple words that I think that we miss that if we understood what these words are saying, they, they would help us to understand what things like chosen and elect and predestined mean. Um, Paul uses the terms we and you and us a lot, specifically in verses 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to his purposes. But also he chose us that we should be holy before him. In love he predestined us for adoption. It's us, it's we, it's him. All of God has been working in all of time to save all of us. That you, we, us language, he's talking about Jews, he's talking about Gentiles. This message is for everyone. And before we uh, go any further, what I want us uh, to really understand today, maybe more so than anything at all, is that when it comes to terms like chosen, predestined, and elect, that there can be a lot of confusion, um, that there can be a lot of misunderstanding about, about what those words mean. And I'm not here today to give you the definitive answer about what those words mean, because I think that it's more complicated than one 30-year-old uh, connections pastor to church can articulate. These are things that have been talked about and articulated for for centuries. And I'm not here to, to give a definitive answer, but I do want to give some thoughts because I think that if we understand these terms this way, it will help. Right? There's a big debate about what it means to be predestined and who's predestined and how does that even work and who's chosen and who's not. And I don't think that that's what Paul is trying to say here at all because Paul never says you. And if he does say you, he's not talking about you, he's talking about us, right? Think about who this letter is written to. It's not written to an individual like First or Second Timothy. It's not written to Philemon. It's not written to one of Paul's pals. It's written to a church community, right? So when Paul uses words like us and we and even you, he's not talking about the singular version of the word you. He's talking about the plural version of the word you. What I think that Paul is saying here is that those who have been chosen, those who have been predestined, those who are elect, are those who are part of the church community. Not individuals, but a community. Which means that the community is that which is chosen, that which is predestined, that which is elect. And it is our opportunity to determine whether or not we're going to be a part of that community. The, the, the invitation is for everybody, right? The community was established. God decided he's gonna have a party right? He's going to have a party, and he sends out invitations to everybody, right? My daughter, uh, her, her birthday is next week, and, and we did the whole, like, parent thing for her two-year-old birthday party, and we made an event on Facebook, and um, we said, this is the time, and, and this is the date, and this is the location, and we would love for you to join us, and we invited all of our friends, 
And in Facebook, you can choose. You can say going or maybe or not going, right? We created the party. We set the standards. We decided when things were going to be, um, the time, the date, the place, and we put out the invitation, but it was up to the people to determine whether or not they wanted to be a part of the party, right? The party was predestined. The party was determined. Those who were invited to the party were predestined and determined, chosen, but their acceptance is totally up to them. Does that make sense? I think if we think about predestination and chosen and, and elect in those ways as a community of people rather than as an individual person that God says, you're going to be in my kingdom and you're not, I think, I think we can uh, get rid of a lot of the questions that we have um, when, when we think about it in those terms. This is a community conversation that Paul's having, not an individual discussion. God's community, the church, us, we have been chosen. We have been predestined. We are the elect, and we get to choose whether or not to be in it. Guys, things like free will and, and God's sovereignty, they're, they're big, big, big things, and I think that maybe the, uh, the best <laughs> um, non-answer that I've ever heard to the question was uh, given by one of my former professors at Ozark Christian College named Mark Scott. And he said, I don't really know what to do with God's sovereignty and human free will. All I know is this, is that God is sovereign enough to build human free will into the equation and not be affected by it. And so we're gonna, we're gonna trust that, we're gonna lean into that, and that's what we're gonna go with it. But I think that whenever we understand the terms in terms of uh, a community and not an individual message, that things become a lot more clear for us. I want to I want to circle back here for just a moment to uh, something that I said prior, in that in that all of God has been working in all of time to save all of us or or all of you, and in that all of time section, um, I said that God saved you from a stained past, a meaningless present, and and a threatened future, and um, and I don't know I don't know how you're feeling today. I don't know how uh, you're thinking about yourself, what, uh, what issues or struggles you may be having or, or areas in which you, you may be being down on yourself or, or feeling inadequate. But, but can I challenge you with something? <laughs> I'm just going to repeat Jim's challenge, really, but, but I think that it's valid. Is I want you to read Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 to yourself. And I want you to know and understand that, that God has saved you. He has saved you from a stained past and a meaningless present and a threatened future, a threatened future. And and we'll talk more about how we can know that more and better next week. And I'm excited to get into that with you. But what I want you to know today is that if you're feeling meaningless, if you're feeling purposeless, God has already saved you and you can, should, rest in that. So if you're feeling down on yourself, man, just take take a minute, a minute and a half, two minutes, and just read Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, and remind yourself of who God is, what he has done for you, and what our response is to that. That God is awesome. That being saved is awesome, and God is awesome for saving us, and so we should praise him. I'm excited to dive into or continue to dig around in this section of text with you guys next week. We'll see you then. Have a wonderful week. If you're uh, 
um, interested in staying up with this, you can uh, make sure that you hit the like or subscribe button on either our YouTube channel or on um, our podcast so that you can can get notified whenever all of these episodes drop. Um, We look forward to continuing the discussion with you next week on Memento by Washington Avenue Christian Church. Thank you.